This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Good morning. Welcome. Unity Community, Central Oregon. My name's Naomi Steele, and I'm going to be our host today. And in a little bit, we're going to hear from our lovely Sylvia Hayes. She's going to be doing our share. Woohoo! I don't know if anyone had a chance to watch her teaser video, but I could not stay in my seat. I'm like, oh, this girl's reading my diary. <laughs> the pressure is on. <laughs> Welcome everyone at home watching with us, participating with us live uh, virtually. Be sure and leave a comment with what you're celebrating today so that when we get there, we can loop you in and celebrate with you. Let's start with our mission statement. Oh, wait. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm a little uh, disoriented. Um, we are a welcoming community. We are inclusive. That means if you are two-legged or three-legged or four-legged, Zeke, that you're not, just in, you're not just welcome, but you're invited. And we consider you a valuable piece of our community. Also, regardless of your religious background, your sexual orientation or identity, your gender, your, or your ethnicity, the color of your skin, we are united. And we love you and we welcome you. <laughs> All right, with that, let's go into our mission statement. We are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. Now we're going to receive some medicine music from Soulshine. Funny that you bring up medicine music. This one is a... Is that Lakota um, peyote prayer? Jim Pepper wrote this years ago, and he hired his young kid back in the day, a teacher for a poor woman named Tom Grant. Tom's been one of my idols since I saw him when I was 12 years old, open for Lionel Hampton. It was such a cool show. And Tom called me the other day. Give me permission to, 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 to do this song, and he hopes it brings us all healing. Wichitai, Tai, Gimira, Horaniko, Horaniko, Hene, Hene, Noah. Wichitai, Tai, Gimira, Horaniko, Horaniko, Hene, Hene, Noah. Water spirit feeling springing around my head Makes me feel glad I'm not dancing with me Wichita, Tai, Gimera Horaniko, Horaniko, Hene, Hene, Noah Wichita, Tai, Gimera Horaniko, Horaniko, Hene
Wichita, take me repeat with me. I receive. I receive. That is so powerful. I'm going to chew on that all day. We're going to go into our time of reflection. We have, oh no, we have celebrations first. Claire. Claire Kubota is back. Cheers. Thank you. Yes, you almost forgot about me, Naomi. I did almost. See, I leave for a little while. Kevin and I just flew in last night. Our arms are still really tired, but I'm fine. I'll be here all week. <laughs> who, I mean, that's an old joke. Who, who originally did that one? We probably, yes. So, um, but yes, we, we made it back, but our, our luggage didn't. We just had three fabulous weeks, two amazing weeks in Italy, and then a week in Ireland, and oh my gosh, what... At our first time in Ireland, what a beautiful, beautiful country. The people are so, so nice. Um, I don't know if Kevin did a beautiful Facebook post just talking about how you, you know, initially they're, um, well, I'm gonna, while I'm doing this, I'm going to, because it keeps, you know, you're talking and keeps creeping down your nose. Um, and you just, it's, you give people an opportunity, you say hello, and then the floodgates are opened, and you're sitting there for another hour talking and and one of the funniest experiences we had is, you know, they've got all their sayings and nothing, they don't say thank you, they say thanks a million. And everything is grand and everything is lovely and grand and, you know, so it was, it was really fun to learn that. But we had, because they actually in Ireland changed the time forward last weekend. And so we were at a B&B, beautiful B&B, and Brenda was our host and she says, okay, let's do breakfast at eight o'clock. And none of us change, you know, like, we won't change the clocks. We'll just pretend, like we did 8 o'clock this morning, we'll just stay on the same time. And 
you know, so my head's, okay, I got to do math, like try and figure this out. Okay, but we're not touching the clock. So we, we thought that would be easiest. So Kevin and I get up and we go downstairs to have breakfast and it's all dark. And so we said, okay, I think, I think Brenda overslept. And so we left her a little note and said, we're going to run down. There's a castle like right down because there's a castle everywhere in Italy. I mean, in Ireland and Italy. Um, and so we went out and she, she came, we came back and she served us breakfast and she can't, comes back in and she says, you know, we said, let's not say anything to her. I don't want her to feel bad. Well, she came in after we had done, finished breakfast. She goes, I just need to tell you, I came down and the, the lights were on and I saw your note and I thought, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, I've overslept. And <laughs> like, they don't just do Jesus. It's Jesus and Mary and Joseph are all, are all in there. And then we were, <laughs> we were talking with our friend who's, uh, who we visited over there and she's Irish and she was saying that, she said, oh yeah, there's this whole greeting and you say, hello and may Jesus bless you. And then the person says back, and may Jesus and Mary bless you. And then you say back, and may Jesus, Mary and Joseph. And it can, she said, it can go on. Like every saint comes in and is blessed, you know, and you have to top each other. She said, you kinda, like after about six, you have to just say, okay, we need to, we need a break. So. So we had an amazing experience and loved it. Yay. And we're so glad to be back. Glad to be home with our pup and our son, Nico. And I have some amazing celebrations. We got quite a few this morning. And the first one, well, first, Tamara Schmidt is celebrating her mother's 88th birthday. 86, was it 86? All right, I didn't. Yay, happy birthday, Tamara's mom. Um, okay, and I, since we're on birthdays, Jim Pasmore is celebrating his 79th birthday. And those of you that know Jim, I mean, this guy is like the Energizer Bunny. I want to be like him when I grow up. I mean, he, he, would, he will say he's never grown up, but 79. We know you're out there. He's out there watching. So everyone say, happy birthday, Jim. <laughs> Have a great birthday. Um, Lisa Marie Jacobson and Derek are celebrating. They moved to the coast. And I actually, even if she didn't post, I was going to celebrate them this morning because she's a friend of mine on Facebook. And so they've been members of our community and we're in this beautiful home down in Sun River. And the owner was going to give them the opportunity to, to purchase it. Well, he changed his mind and said, actually, no, I'm not going to let you do that. And I mean, they were devastated. They had been there for several years. Well, lo and behold, you know, when you think just everything is going to pot, you, like what has opened up for them? They are the joy that I'm seeing in her messages online and her sharing about their beautiful new home that they've bought and they're starting a new business. Derek is starting a garage door business and like what? That would have never happened if, if this opportunity that they were so excited about it had not, had not worked out. And so I'm just celebrating them and them just embracing a new direction and just amazing things happening, right? So, yay. Okay, and we've got a few more online. Lisa Jordan is celebrating finding silver linings. So very similar to what we were just sharing. Um, Andy Cardwell is celebrating my loving, supportive girlfriends, which is always, girlfriends are, girlfriends are always good. Right? And let's see, and Victor, Victor, what are you celebrating? Two things. 
celebrating the Atlanta Braves, our World Series champions, for the first time in 26 years. And um, this year was dedicated to Hank Aaron, number 44. And they won 44 games before the All-Star break and 44 games after. And today's um, <coughs> Joni Mitchell's 78th birthday. This guy, if you need to know any mu amazing musician's birthday, this, he is on it and knows everything. Sylvia. Well, I'll tag off that and say I'm grateful that the Seahawks have a bye today and I don't have to suffer that. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to celebrate Nico and uh, Nate and the AV team because they pulled off an amazing event last night with um, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. here. We had 84 people in this room, our biggest event since COVID hit. And everybody was great about the masks, which was useful. And then we also had people online. But Nico had originally planned that Kevin would be back and would help with that event. And when that didn't happen, he just stepped up and got her done. So I'm really, really grateful. OK, and speaking of Nico, we'll keep it on quick. So Nico, is my, who's my son, and that's my husband, so we're, we're just a whole family here. But Nico is releasing another song on Spotify today well, on several, several music venues. And I said, Nico, can, we, can I celebrate that? Can we celebrate that? He goes, Mom, I don't know if this group is really like my demographic for the kind of music. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> we are a pretty, we're a pretty hip group here, right? Who, who is, what is he talking about? Those 20-somethings, they think we're old or whatever. So, but we still get to celebrate with you, Nico. Yay, for getting some music up. He's worked so, so hard on that. Okay, who else has a celebration? Oh, to the right. To the right, to the right. Here you go, Dave. Speaking of Nico, uh, I wrote something to this last week that was a little different than I usually write and called Mr. Nico and said I'd love to collaborate with him. So we're going to do some fun recording stuff, Nico and I. So I'm excited about that. Yay. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right, surely, Suzanne. Because I posted this morning, if you saw my Facebook post asking for, it says, what we appreciate appreciates, right? So we should all have something to. Well, we started our spirit group, A Power of Eight, last week, two weeks ago, and we had an amazing... Uh, result, uh, somebody wanted to pray for a friend of theirs for having a serious eye operation. And she, this, seven days later on, she goes to the doctor because her eye is itching. He said, you're healing so fast that the stitches are starting to pop and your eyes are itching. She had a cornea replacement, which is not so pleasant, but she's healing amazingly fast. And this week, we're praying for somebody else for clarity in her direction, service in her, work, her life. And it's amazing. If you've never done a Power of Eight group, I recommend it. Yeah. I, haven't I haven't personally done one, but I hear Power of Eight groups are just super powerful. Yeah, that's why they call them the Power of Eight, man. Okay, anyone else? No one? All right. Oh, Laurel. And Rochelle, did you have one? Okay, you're pointing to Laurel. Okay. Yeah, Laurel. Oh, I don't know where I pointed it, but okay. Um, I'm celebrating the wisdom that 
we all received last night from Don McGill Ruiz Jr. And that he said, we're all as young as we're ever going to be right now. And the infinite possibility of life is ahead. And so it was just was very hopeful. And, you know, like our lives are what we have to make of them. And it's exciting to think about the infinite possibilities. So I'm grateful for Unity bringing him here and for the wisdom that he shared with us last night. I'm so glad you got to go that. Go down. Okay. So I'd like to celebrate, in addition to um, Don Miguel, is Roundabout Bookshop that agreed to have a book signing for him. And we, we kind of messed up with the communication on it, so it didn't happen there. So they just took all the books and brought them over here, sold them all, and they were just so gracious. And it's a wonderful bookshop. I, it's in my neighborhood, and so I go there a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> highly recommend it, but I just want to appreciate them for their graciousness. Hey. Yes, Roundabout Bookshop. If you haven't been there, they're in Northwest Crossing. They're an amazing bookstore. All right, and then all of you online, if you, wanna, if you haven't already, go ahead and post your celebrations in the comments section so we can hear from you all. Okay, and back to you, Miss Naomi. Thank you, Claire, and welcome home. We're so glad you're here. You were missed. <laughs> um, I actually have a celebration. Um, I'm celebrating my grandmother getting a ride to church this morning. Uh, she lives in Missouri, and I've been working with her remotely for several months now with Uber. I have an Uber app, and I've been coordinating like long-distance rides, and she's got a walker and a flip phone. And she made a friend at church, and now today is actually the first day she didn't need a ride by Uber. <laughs> I'm so thankful, and if anyone has Uber and is trying to coordinate rides for anyone out of state, it can be done, and it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for our reflection question, and it, it's um, encouraged that you connect with someone in the room that preferably you don't live with, and online, maybe if you're alone, do a journal prompt or connect with the person in your home. And the discussion question is, what has your spiritual evolution pathway looked like? So it's leading into a little bit of Sylvia's share today, but what is your spiritual evolution pathway, and what does that look like for you coming up to this point? And Sylvia and I are going to share a little bit um, just so that people online can hear, um, and then I'll call you guys all back here in a few minutes. Welcome back to the room. Welcome back to our seats and our, and our bodies. I love that. Last week or the week before, Sylvia was hosting, and she, did, she goes, shh, and it's amazing what, sh what such a soft, gentle expression can quiet and command a whole room. <laughs> okay, um, we are going to go into prayer. Um, here at Unity, um, we have, uh, our expression of prayer is affirmation. It's, it's not beseeching something outside of us. It is acknowledging what is in us and acknowledging what is around us and acknowledging what we have access to and receiving it. Um, some people uh, call it claiming or 
asking and we and that works we just are acknowledging that it's ours and that we're receiving it um, in the back of your seats there are prayer claim cards are they blue or green they're green Green prayer claim. There we go. Thank you. Um, two things. If you're in the room, I encourage you to fill out a prayer claim form, and then you're going to put it in the basket, uh, the offering basket, a little later. If you're online, uh, there's a prayer claim form online, unitycentraloregon.org forward slash prayer. And it's really exciting because if you fill out a prayer claim here at Central Oregon Unity Community, someone actually reaches out to you. You get to choose if you want a phone call or an email. I prefer an email because then I get to chew on it and I can print it out and keep praying it. And then the prayer actually goes to Silent Unity, which prays on it for a month, right? 30 days? Okay. And it's just continually affirmed and called in on your behalf. So you've just got this whole army. And those are just the humans that are agreeing with you in your prayer. That doesn't even speak of all the other um, uh, planes that are praying with you also. So with that, we're going to go into prayer. <sighs> We settle into our bodies because this is the beings that we're in today, in this life. And we acknowledge that we are also spirit beings. We acknowledge that we are also interconnected to ourselves. We're interconnected to the person sitting next to us. We're interconnected to the others in the room. We're connected to the animals in the room to the animals outside of this room, on our property, and on our land. And we acknowledge that connection, and we acknowledge that collective energy that calls in what is life. We acknowledge that collective energy that calls in and receives good news. We acknowledge and tap into that inertia and that momentum and we claim what is ours today. We claim healing and wholeness in our bodies where cells are misaligned, where disease has tried to come in. We just say, no, thank you. We're not for you. You can move on, and we release that. We call our bodies to unity and healing and cohesion. We acknowledge and claim health and wellness in our mental health, in our emotional health. We acknowledge that we are human and spiritual, and that together, all of those pieces can come together for our well-being. We accept and receive and call in healing in our interpersonal relationships with our loved ones, with our families, with our neighbors. And we call in unity and healing in our community, amongst our leaders, our government officials, our working class, those who are in our food and beverage industries and our healthcare industries and our labor industries who are struggling. We call in health and wealth and abundance. 
And collectively, we acknowledge that and say thank you. We thank you for being. We thank you for being here. We thank you for being accessible to us. And we receive. Aho. we're going to have a meditation. Affirmative prayer first, and then meditation. Oh, okay. Love is our ultimate reality, everywhere, present, and whole. It radiates abundantly and continually creates good in my life and in the world. As we gratefully acknowledge the presence and power of love now, we see the people and circumstances we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love. And so it is. Amen. I'm actually going to shift gears just a hair. I came prepared with a meditation and I'm learning. Um, it's just so perfect because I'm still learning this new way of stepping into our identity as spiritual beings. And I'm learning the differences between prayer and meditation. And so I kind of get them mixed up sometimes, right? Because they kind of feel a little the same. And this was a prayer that Sylvia offered me today. And I think it would bode well as a meditation also. 
and I just love it. So I'm going to lead you guys in a little meditation, and it's called Our Mother's Prayer. So if you join me again, close your eyes, settle into your body, feel your bum seated in the chair or on the sofa at home or in your desk chair in your home office, maybe your, your real office. Wherever you're at, settle into your body and feel your breath rise and fall in your chest. Feel your breath rise and fall in your middle abdomen. Feel your breath rise and fall down into your root chakra. Feel your feet on the floor and know that for a moment, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to hold yourself up. The ground is holding you up. The chair is holding you up, that you're safe. Our mother's prayer meditation. Our mother, whose name is earth, hallowed be your ground and your skies and your rolling seas. Your gardens thrive, your spirit alive, through woodlands, streams, mountains, and plains everywhere. Grant us this day our needs for tomorrow and refresh us with your living waters. Forgive us our mistreatment as we forgive those who cause you harm. Lift us from negligence and deliver us from greed, for yours is the home and the beauty and the life that sustains us. And we would love, respect, and care for you now and ever, ever forward. Aho. That's a prayer poem by R. Dennis Wianco in 2016. So fitting as we transition along our spiritual path, coming back to the present, coming back into our bodies, coming back into Mother Earth. Thank you for that. More music meditation from Soulshine. Darkness breathing hope of new life. Now I live through you and you through me, enchanting. I pray in my heart that this dream never ends. I see me through. Your love 
touch your world I've never pictured now I give my hope to you I surrender I pray in my heart that this world never ends I see me through your eyes today or what <laughs> one right after the other we're gonna go into our main talk now the moment I've been waiting for all week with Sylvia I'm gonna briefly introduce her because it's just an honor um, I did not know Sylvia before I came to unity and um, it's the first time I met someone who had a very very similar pathway as me. 
it was, I've, I met a lot of people in Unity who are like, they, they either grew up in this flow their whole life or they got to come in with kind of a blank slate and uh, Sylvia starts sharing and I'm like, have you been watching me my whole life? <laughs> so with that, we're going to listen to Sylvia talk about uh, loving and humility, living with reverence. So I have to say, I am beginning to feel like every time I, when I sign up for one of these Sunday talks, it's become hazardous to my face. So if you, if you remember a while back, I came in all puffed up because my bees got me the day before. Well, doggone it, yesterday morning, my morning ritual at my little home is kind of like feeding Noah's Ark. I go, you know, I get up, I go out, I put bird seed in the, in the seed, put some peanuts out, and then I put two different corn cobs on these little stakes for the jays and the squirrels. And the, they've just been like piranha lately going through that corn. And also the cobs I had were big, so I've been breaking them in half, right? Well, yesterday morning, I'm rustling with this corn cob and it won't break. And so I put it over the rim of the um, small garbage can that I keep the peanuts in. And right behind that is a shelf with a big terracotta pot on it. And this was so stupid. I'm pushing down with all my might. And when it broke, I went, and my eye just went, bam, on the terracotta. So if you were to really notice, this eye is puffed and black. Oh, it was just I was like I was like dad gum it again right before right before a talk and I was I called John this morning he called actually called me um, my, my partner just wishing me luck for the talk and I told him what happened I explained it and I said darling it looks like you punched me and and he and he super gentle nonviolent John in this moment of macho says Sil if I'd have punched you you wouldn't be going to Unity right now. <laughs> So I got a kick out of that. I think the next time I'm signed up for one of these, the day before, I'm going to lock myself in my house. I'm not going to handle any sharp objects. I'm going to wear a little helmet. Protective so, protective yeah, protective goggles. Okay. In this setting, there were about 15 people seated together in a circle on the floor. It was in Seattle. And it was in like the top loft of um, an apartment complex, but it was a smallish room and it had no furniture. It was very dimly lit and sage was burning from a bowl or a, or a shell in the center of this circle of people. And it was already starting to get pretty, pretty smoky in there. And um, there was a very faint drumming that was coming and it was coming from a Native American man who was kind of the center point of this circle. And as we sat, the drumming intensified and you could really begin to feel it in your body. And the only other sound was every once in a while a woman would kind of, um, kind of crawl forward actually and fan the sage with, uh, with a, a fan with a, a, made of a bird's wing to get the smoke really going. And it was a meditation circle. And it got, we got deeper and quieter, and the drumming became the center point for sure of awareness. And at one point, um, I lost track of the boundaries around my physical body. I expanded into vastness, 
and into oneness. It felt as though, it felt as though I could sense being an integral part of the web of all creation and all life. It was actually my very first conscious, I now know it to be, mystical experience. And it was so powerful and compelling for me. Now, that feeling felt very much home to me, but I was a long way from the religious background that I had been brought up with, and this is what Naomi and I share. We both come from pretty heavy-handed, I've told some of you some of the story, but very heavy-handed, fundamentalist, fear-based version of Christianity, because not all Christianity is that way, but mine, mine was. And I left that version of Christianity pretty angry and pretty messed up teenager. Um, Really, really struggled for a couple of years, but pretty soon I wound up, I've always been a spiritual seeker, even when I was rebelling against the whole thing, and I wound up on a quest for authentic spirituality. And today is gonna be a little different kind of a talk from what I've done in the past, and I probably will leave you with more questions than answers, but I hope that there will be at least nuggets for each of you, because I think we're all on a quest for authentic spirituality. And um, I have learned, when I left that one pathway, I really began to experiment. I have studied and experimented with goddess religion and Wiccan and all kinds of Native American stuff and Buddhism and Hindu a little bit and really just was hungry for it all. Uh, and I, what I have come to be so fascinated with are not so much the differences, but the threads of truth that thread through almost every spiritual pathway. The doorway into the spirit realms that resonates most strongly with me is an eclectic blend of of a more indigenous approach, a more indigenous way of thinking about um, spirituality. And before I go on with the rest of my talk in honor of this, and thank you for reading our mother prayer, I want to do a land acknowledgement. Because right now we are in, and we're coming to those of you online from Central Oregon, which actually is land that was traditionally stewarded by indigenous peoples here, who were actually forced together against their will. Several different tribes with different cultures were forced together into what is now the Warm Springs um, tribe, and they had to learn how to adapt and integrate. And so I want to acknowledge this place, I want to acknowledge the indigenous people that came before us, the land itself, and I want to affirm that in unity, we all come together with healing of past trauma and current trauma and healing of the land together. Now some of the key concepts from a more indigenous approach to um, uh, spirituality that resonate with me is a sense of interconnectedness not being separate from everything else. I loved your prayer when you brought the awareness of the animals on this property. You know, a sense of not only are we interconnected, we're interdependent. We need each other. 
both other human beings as well as other species. All things are seen to be alive from humans to dogs to trees to rocks. There is life in everything and all beings are said to be sentient. They've got wisdom too. We're all here to teach and to learn from one another. That right there for me, moving through the world with that sense, it adds so much richness and magic and potential to every encounter I have. I just encourage you to try it, even if, even if you're like, I don't know if this rock is listening to me. What do you got to lose, right? What do you got to lose? You don't have to do it when anybody's looking, you know? <laughs> uh, another of the practices that I love that's very common in a more indigenous approach uh, to worship, to spirituality, is honoring of the seasons as they come, what I call the turning of the wheel. Now in my house, I have a little altar. It's a little half table that's pushed up against a wall and on the left side, left to me, um, I have it set just a simple candle to the feminine and the right is to the masculine and I have the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, and when each solstice or equinox comes around, I change out the altar just a little bit and I, alter, I honor that season. I like that for the remembering of our earth connection, but it, I also love it because it's a way of remembering the seasons that we go through in our own life and in our own evolution, even in our own, the seasons we go through in relationship, the seasons we go through in, in, in projects. Now, I'm gonna talk as we go through this a little bit about, I'm gonna highlight and contrast some of the difference between indigenous mind and Western mind. That's the culture that we're primarily uh, immersed in. And I wanna make, I wanna say right up, I'm not gonna romanticize, and I'm also not gonna criticize. I don't think there's good or bad or anything else. This is just about awareness and thinking about things a little different and maybe becoming a little more aware of the lens that we are applying to things. Now the Western cultural mindset that is, that is the backdrop that we're mostly swimming through, um, it's really based a lot on individualism. We're seeing, there's the rugged individualist myth of America for sure. Uh, competition as good, you know, competition, comp competitive markets, competition, uh, survival of the fittest, that's very much a part of this cultural norm. Uh, dominion, it's about having power, gaining power, it's pretty hierarchical. We tend to have really hierarchical um, governance structures and ways of, ways of, of um, managing ourselves. Uh, and in Western, in Western tradition, the initiation myth is usually the hero's journey. And it's often, it's often portrayed as this quest to overcome an enemy, which very often is nature or the elements or something like that. This is the, it's kind of the hero's journey quest. In contrast to that, a more indigenous view would be that, again, as I mentioned earlier, all life is interconnected and interdependent. We don't follow the necessarily the rugged individualist um, mindset quite as much. And, uh, and it's, a, it's much more mystical, which means all mystical means is that it's about having a direct experience yourself with your 
creator, with your God, whatever you call it. You don't need a priest, you don't need a minister, you don't need anyone to tell you how to reach your spiritual evolution. The indigenous approach tends to be more about you gotta get out there and find it for yourself. You gotta experience that directly. Um, and it also, this will resonate with unity and new thought, it also very much holds that our focused, concentrated thought is what our whole reality comes through. It's what, can, they often talk about the dreaming. We're, we're dreaming our lives into being by what we are holding in our mind. That's very aligned um, with unity. And in fact, I would note that Charles Fillmore, one of our Unity founders, actually spent time as a young person living with Native Americans and um, commented on that a lot about how it shaped his, his view and his own direct experience of source and of oneness. Now recently, I have been um, really studying the more, a more Polynesian or Hawaiian version of shamanism. And I'm so glad the Kubotas are back and are here because I told Kevin, if I get anything wrong, you know, uh, let me know. But I have been really, really lucky that about, starting about six years ago, I started studying A Course in Miracles with three other women friends. Talk about Claire's point about girlfriends. We have, and I only knew one of them through environmental work before, the other two, we were total strangers to each other. We have now become dear, dear friends, and we have kept that study group together for six years, studying a whole variety of things, all the way through the Course in Miracles, and then we did work a bunch with shamanism. Um, we now just call ourselves the Coven. And, it, and in fact, we, we now call ourselves the Coven of Lovelies. Why not? <laughs> Why not, right? Why not? Who's going to say we can't? Um, and so we've, we're right now working with this book that I want to share some, some wisdom from today. It's called The Bowl of Light. And the story of it is kind of interesting because Hank, the author is Hank Wesselman, who is a scientist. He recently passed, actually, but he's a scientist, uh, very well-regarded um, anthropologist who, li who lived with, he very much comes from the Western mindset, right? That's how he was trained and raised and, and um, educated. But he wound up doing a whole bunch of work living with indigenous people in Africa and elsewhere. And, and he began to have an, a shift in his way of thinking and had kind of a significant period of cognitive dissonance when his scientific mind was making him go, wow, I don't know about this, but he's also having visions and powerful insights that he could not deny were real. And he has a number of books talking about navigating through that. In this book, he describes the relationship that he had with an elder Hawaiian kahuna, which is an, a wisdom man, um, named um, Halimakua. And I just want to share some of the pieces that I think are fabulous. So this elder, this kahuna, he, he, he outlines a philosophy that includes three what they call kapus. They're spiritual directives. The first is to love everything with humility. The second is to live everything we feel with reverence. And the third is to know all that we possess. So I'm gonna take those each one at a time a little bit and riff on them just a little bit. So um, 
Loving all that you see with humility. I have had the good fortune to be in Hawaii quite a few times, and the first time I ever had a close encounter with a whale was there. And John and I, my partner, we had, we had uh, rented a, a two-person kayak. We had seen whales spouting in the distance. And he and I are pretty athletic, so we were not too afraid to go quite a ways out. And um, we start paddling out, and I... I was, I, I had wanted, back as a kid, I actually thought I was going to be a marine biologist. I have had such a love affair with um, kind of all things marine, but whales and dolphins hugely, and I had never seen one really before this. So we start paddling out, you know, and we can see them way over there spouting, whatever, and I'm just saying, whale people, whale people, if you don't mind, if it would be good for you, I would be so honored by a visit. I would be so moved by your presence. And I was just putting it out there, right? And all of a sudden, we see one breach. I don't know from distance from here, halfway through the parking lot, right? Pretty close. But it breaches. And then it breaches, and it breaches. And every time it did, it came closer. It got to the point where when it would come out, you could see the water falling off it and the, and the crinkles in the blubber. And when it landed, even though we were already in a rocking the rocking ocean, it would rock the boat. I was just, I had no fear. I was just crying. That to me was reverence. There was no word. There, and there was, it was just the magic of opening to the incredible creation that I was lucky enough to be part of. As I was preparing for this talk, I got to thinking, Love all that we see with humility. What is humility? I now think we could do an entire course on what is humility. What is meekness? What is humility? It's not, I don't think it has anything to do with making ourselves smaller. It doesn't have, in my opinion, anything to do with not putting the allness that we are out there. You know, A Course in Miracles has a really interesting teaching that it took me a while to really get my mind around it um, and let go of my old baggage. Um, but it says it's not, it, it is not arrogant for us to know that we are all this, to know our grandeur. It is not arrogant for us to say, yes, I am fabulous and powerful and awesome. It's actually arrogant to believe anything else. Because when we believe something else, we're believing that our version of reality is more accurate than God's version of reality. Humility to me, I believe, is, is, abs is actually the magic of being able to say, there is so much more going on here than what I'm really aware of. There is so much more in that spider right there than what I can even comprehend, and isn't that awesome? It's radical humility. It's not about making ourselves smaller. The second is live all that you feel with reverence. And this elder Kahuna said that this is actually the foundation stone of indigenous mind. Live all that we feel with reverence. It seems pretty easy to me to get my, my mind and my feelings around the good stuff Right? When I'm feeling the good stuff, I'm so, I'm revering that good stuff. I'm liking that. 
But when you go a little deeper, don't you think that, that the appreciation of our joyful moments are made more poignant when we can remember some that weren't quite so joyful? You know, I, I don't believe, I'm not a person who believes that we have to have a bunch of suffering in order to grow spiritually. I think that's a story we can get into telling ourselves. I don't think that has to happen. But I do think that when we are going through the hard stuff and we can revere it, it, it enriches our life and it does propel us forward. So feeling everything that we feel with a reverence for it. I also would note here, um, when you're raised in the kind of background that, that Naomi and I were raised in, you're often told it's very important to worship God, right? It's supposed to worship God, and there are many ways to do that, and boy, if you're not doing that, you're on the highway to hell. Literally, for those of us who were there, I actually believe once you get, once we get more into an awareness that, like Unity's principle, God is everywhere in everything and present. I now feel when I just have my breath catch at the beauty of our mountains and notice I'm worshiping God. I'm worshiping creation every time I have reverence for, for any aspect. I'm worshiping God when I'm appreciating Rochelle, right? So, uh, reverence, and then this, the third, final, is knowing all that we possess with discipline. I had to think a little harder about that one. Knowing all that we possess. At my level, my evolving level of understanding where I am right now, subject to change this afternoon, what I hope, I hope, uh, what I believe this is saying is that it, it, is, it is related to that piece I was saying about humility. Knowing all that we possess, stepping into our power, right? And having the discipline to notice when we're choosing something else for ourselves, to notice when we're, when we're not recognizing a powerful aspect that we do possess, when we're not actually claiming our full divine inheritance. The other aspect of this one is knowing what possesses us, right? I heard some mmms, we all know what that means. The stuff we do, we know we couldn't, we, the stuff we do, we know we could be doing better, right? Just being aware of that, I think it's important not to beat up, but there is a discipline. There is a discipline that comes with um, really advancing on a spiritual path, and sometimes it is not possessing so many things that keep us back. There's a, again, for those of you who, who don't know, A Course in Miracles, this was really a trip for me to start working with A Course in Miracles because of my past. It is, based, it is alleged to be um, Jesus channeling through this woman who was a psychiatrist um, and an atheist. It's very interesting. There's more to that story, not for today. But it was hard for me because I hadn't had a relationship with this Jesus thing in a long time because of what I had come through. But the, but the power of the course just kept calling me and I stayed with it, and now I'm, I'm totally over myself with it. But um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a passage in there where this Jesus being, this spiritual being, is saying, look, 
everything that I am, everything that I possess, you are too. It's just I don't have anything else. Meaning this, this, this entity had, had been able to drop the unuseful aspects of ego and of limited thinking and of the stuff that, that in our human selves holds us back. And I also want to put one more piece about this concept of possessions. In, in, in some of my unity studies, I've worked with, you, you, prosperity is a part of, I'm on the ministerial path and prosperity is a part of the program there. It's a, it's a fundamental piece of our unity and new thought philosophy. Well, Walter Lanyon, I've mentioned him before, he's born in the 1800s, he's long past, but he's become one of my favorite New Thought authors and teachers, and from him I first learned, and then I've now had other teachers um, also put forward this concept that when we are in the mindset of possessing things, we're actually blocking our, our flow of prosperity. When we're in the mindset, and this is a very Western cultural mindset, this is mine, that is yours, mine, yours, the, also the mindset of accumulation, that accumulation is good, I'm not saying it's not, there's a balance there, right? But when we're, when we're in a possessions mindset, we're forgetting that if indeed we all are interconnected, we all are one, then we actually have access to everything that is. Does that make any sense? That's a powerful application for um, prosperity that is re relatively new to me that I am still working with, but I wanted to share that concept today. To make this point, um, shout out to our Andy Cardwell, who is stepping up as our community engager in, this, in the things that we're doing with the um, social and environmental outreach work that we're doing. And she let us know that um, the Shepherd's House this last Saturday had, they were doing a clothing drive, you, many of you probably saw the notice of that, uh, to get warm stuff for people who were experiencing houselessness. And you all know this feeling I pulled it, I don't keep a lot of stuff because I have a small house, but I had several things in my closet, socks in the drawer that I, that I liked, but I haven't worn them in God knows how long. So I pulled those out and I dropped them off. I gave those possessions away and I guarantee that I got more joy out of that five minutes of handing those possessions over than I would have had keeping those possessions in my possession in my closet not being used. It's just a concept of flow, and I know it's not you, new to many of you. One of the things that I so love about unity is that it is not a dogma. It's a mindset. It's a powerful, intentional, positive mindset. That's been incredibly um, healing to me. And our Unity New Thought Movement itself is ever evolving. In, in, the, in the Bowl of Light book, this elder says, you know, spirituality is not a noun. It's a verb. It's a process. It's ever evolving, as is our movement. And each of you here and each of you listening, you're part of this ever evolving Unity movement. So, I again just hope that um, this little talk today, land some nuggets with some of you. And in closing, 
I want to share something else, and um, I'm, I was really thinking of the Kubotas when I, when I learned this recently. In Hawaii, you say aloha as a hello, and you say aloha as a goodbye, right? The word aloha is very interesting, because alo means face-to-face, and ha means divinity. Aloha. I, hello, I am face to face with divinity. Aloha, goodbye, I'm seeing the divinity in you as we're parting. So with that, I just want to say to you all, aloha. Switch over.
the light in you. Do we have any visitors here today? We're going to um, go really easy on you, and all you have to do is raise your hand so we can welcome you. You don't have to say anything. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Any other visitors? No? Okay. And if you're inclined, you're welcome to share how you found us, or you can just stay put, whichever you prefer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I had a feeling it was Rochelle's fault. <laughs> I love it. Well, welcome. And uh, next is one of our favorite, one of my favorite times, and it's time for our offering. And why do I love this time? Because giving is how we get to participate, and it's also how we get to receive. From an abundance of wherever we're at in life is where we get to come together and we get to link arms in real and tangible ways and celebrate or support and celebrate this building and our ability to come and gather our virtual space, our outdoor space. And it's... It's a gift. It's a gift to get to be a part of this. So there's a couple ways you can give. One of them is cash in the basket if you're here, or a check. Um, if you are of the text mentality like me, you can give by text messaging, and the phone number is also online. And there's also a link that you can give at unitycentraloregon.org forward slash donate. Lots of different ways to give. 
And then afterwards, we'll pray over the blessing, over the offering. Forth and prosper. I got gratitude in my heart. I got gratitude in my soul. And I just want to say thank you, thank you. And I just want to say thank you, thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all. I got gratitude in my heart. In my heart. I got gratitude in my soul. In my soul, baby. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. Play Magic Fingers, play it all. All right, we're going to pray over these blessings here and virtually. From the love of pure spirit within us, we bless these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. The bums. <laughs> I love that prayer. I recently modified it actually as a blessing at the beginning of my day. I recently modified it. Um, I should have brought it. I'm kind of winging it. But it's basically saying it's like a blessing for my day, for my energy, for my work, for my health and wellness, and that it's an evidence of our, my faith and belief and to do good work in the world and that my day is going to return to me abundantly. And it's so satisfying. It's, it's so good. Um, and... Oh, announcements or a song? Announcements. Okay. I apologize, you guys. I'm a little disoriented this morning. I think I was just so excited. I told Sylvia, I said, I promise I'll stay in my seat. I'm having a hard time staying in my seat because it's so good. I just want to jump up every time she <laughs> there's a gold nugget. <laughs> so... Okay, announcements. We have uh, continuing with Jane, Reverend Jane and Beth Welton Miller, our spiritual self-care offering. And you can do drop-in classes. So you can do the whole series or drop in for $15 a class. And this week is Achieving Liftoff, the Power of Positive Thoughts. And there's information online uh, or you can reach out to any one of us for that. Uh, the next announcement is ACT Ministries. Um, if you have questions about ACT Ministries, talk to Sylvia. 
Um, I'm not I'm not as familiar with this as I would like to be actually. Um, there's a grandmother's house silent auction, a Christmas tree silent auction, looking for donations and volunteers for open houses. Uh, contact Suzanne for more also, or online you can message us and we'll connect. New member orientation. We have two opportunities for you. One of them is virtual via Zoom on November 10th at 6.30 p.m. And the other one is in person here at Unity on November 14th at 11.45 a.m. And you can visit the calendar to sign up or reach out to one of us. Uh, then we've got Howl at the Moon Poetry Night, Friday, November 19th. Woohoo! 6.30 to 8.30, it is open to everyone, and you do not have to have written a lick of poetry in your whole life to participate. Poetry is up for interpretation, and it can look and sound like anything, so come and connect. It's a safe place for you to play with your creativity. And um, after the service, if you have a prayer that you would like someone to stand with you today in, in affirmation and receiving, we're going to have our prayer chaplains up front. And um, you can just come on up, and they've got white shawls, and they'll pray with you. And with that, we're going to do our prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is. Because I am. The light of God surrounds me. say thank you for it all but up hey <laughs> <laughs> snuck that in there tricked you